If you guys are really enjoying this podcast, I'd greatly appreciate it if you left me some reviews, maybe some five stars, whether you're listening to this on Audible, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, make sure you guys leave this five stars, leave some nice words, also share it with a friend. You know, I don't charge anything for these podcasts and my goal is just to grow it and help the jiu-jitsu community. So thank you guys for supporting and I'll see you guys later. What's going on guys? So in today's video, I want to get a little bit more personal with you guys and share with you guys my personal black belt story or my jiu-jitsu story about how I got started in jiu-jitsu, kind of what motivated me and some of the struggles that I had. I normally don't like talking about myself personally on this channel. Usually it's about straight student advice, but... Recently, since the channel has grown quite a bit and I've had more people reach out and being interested about what got me started in jiu-jitsu, how I was able to overcome certain things, I feel like I should tell this story and then that way at least it lives on here for people who are coming back, watching it in the future or whatever from after it's posted or that maybe I can just send it to somebody if they ever ask a question. So in case you guys don't know, my name is Chasen Hill. I do all things jiu-jitsu on this channel. So if you guys like jiu-jitsu stuff, make sure you leave a like and a subscribe down below so that way you guys never miss the latest jiu-jitsu content. So a little bit about me just really quickly. I've been training jiu-jitsu now for over 13 years. I started training back in 2009, roughly. I was 18 years old whenever I wanted to start training. You know, I had just graduated high school and so I was really looking for something to do outside of high school. I took a break from college. I didn't go to college for one year. So I was just working full time. And really around that time, my junior to senior year of high school, I really kind of got into the UFC. I started watching a lot with my buddies, BJ Penn, Frankie Edgar, uh, George St. Pierre. All those guys were kind of the main people at the time that were really popular in the UFC. And I just thought it was so cool whenever they broke people's arms or put people to sleep. It just seemed like something mystic had happened. It just was very hard to understand how to do an arm lock from the outside public or how to really put someone to sleep or dominate somebody in that way. But I'd never wrestled actually growing up here in Oklahoma. Seems surprising because wrestling is very big here, but but I never did. I'm a smaller guy. I was at that time, I was only, you know, five, six, five, seven, about 135 pounds soaking wet. So I was not very big at all. The other interesting thing that I had to overcome was that I was born with something known as club feet, basically golf club feet kind of on their side. If you ever seen people walk on the sides of their feet, that's how I was learning to walk as a, as a child. My feet had to be reconstructed and, uh, and I had no idea how that was going to play into my jiu-jitsu career. And so actually, as my, I was coming up as a white belt and even as a blue belt, I actually had a very hard time at sitting inside the clothes guard because I couldn't even sit on my heels. There was a lot of like physical challenges that I had to overcome, especially in that first two years of my jiu-jitsu journey. That's why if you guys check out a video I made right here talking about the first two years of your jiu-jitsu is the hardest. This is kind of why, because I, I personally it was the biggest struggle for me. And now I see it also for other students as well. And so part of me also wanted to learn martial arts for self-confidence. You know, I grew up also watching Bruce Lee and ninja movies and and I always loved the way that martial arts made it sound like that the smaller guy could be able to protect themselves against the bigger guy. I walked into the school. Luckily, the school was only about 10, 15 minutes from my house. And it was a total grindhouse gym at the time. I think when I walked in, there was an MMA thing going on on one side and jujitsu was on the other side. I think I watched one guy get like his nose broke or pass out or, or something on the first day. But I just remember there was like this crazy thing. And as an 18 year old kid, you're like, dude, this is so cool. This is awesome. Like I want to be doing this stuff now looking at it as a kind of a gym owner or a gym uh, manager operations guy and trying to teach that to a, like a family with kids walking in seems very, 
very odd, but at the time I thought it was awesome. And that's kind of the the style of jujitsu that was going on at that time. Me getting started, you know, I started training. I actually started doing the MMA program because that was the only time I could fit my schedule. I worked. And so it was hard for me to make the class schedule in the way. So I did MMA. So I did a little bit of striking. And then every time I came to the ground, I just got the absolute crap kicked out of me every time. So finally, I was able to shift my work schedule. I was able to start doing some more basics and fundamentals and really getting deep into the jiu-jitsu. And like most you know, 18, 19 year olds, you're having other things on your brain. You're not always super focused on, on that stuff. And so I would train consistently for like two or three months. Then I'd be gone for like a month. Then I would come back for two or three months. and I'd be gone for like a month. Very inconsistent, not because I couldn't just because of discipline and being, being a young age at that time. So believe it or not, it took me over two years to get my blue belt. So if you guys are like wondering like, oh man, I'm feeling bad. I haven't got my blue belt year. I've been training for a year or even close to two years, it took me over two years. So don't worry. And now I'm a black belt. So you guys can do it. I got my, I got my blue belt. And a big reason for that was, is because my instructor came to me and said, Hey, I'm trying to build up my school. We're kind of growing in student base and I need some instructors. I think you'd be really good at being an instructor. You're a young guy. Um, you seem like you're going to be here for a while. So, you know, I think you'd be very good. And at that time I had actually had enrolled in college. So I was like in school at a local university and stuff like that too. So I was, I was, I was available, took that opportunity. And I really worked to try to get my blue belt. The instructor put a lot of time into me, which I'm very thankful for to this day. He stayed after with me for classes and basically did free private lessons just to get me caught up because he really needed help in his academy. And so he wanted to get somebody competent enough to, to start teaching and to start training. It was not easy. I mean, I stayed for probably a close to a good month. I would train from five o'clock uh, helping in kids classes and get done with my class at nine o'clock and then stay until 11 or 12 o'clock, probably Monday through Thursday for at least a month or two. There was a lot of extra work put in. So I'm, I'm fortunate that I had that opportunity to do that. I know not everyone could take that advantage, uh, take that opportunity, but I did. I got my blue belt. And after that, I started learning how to teach. I never taught anything up to this point. You know, I'm, I'm 20 years old by now. And so I started off by teaching kids classes. And then I was slowly working into the adult program. I have a very unique journey in the sense of that now as a blue belt, I was teaching probably two or three classes a week from kids classes and assisting adult classes to also trying to train for myself. And that's a very interesting path to walk, to try to walk them at the same time can be very challenging for students. Um, I know a lot of times the reasons why people start schools is because no one else has a school. Purple belt starts a school and then they struggle with the idea of like, well, how do I also train for myself and also put my students first or still train my students? And it's a very tough balance. I felt like it was very hard for me to balance in the beginning. Now that I'm a black belt, it's a lot easier to do because I've I've walked that path for so long. I've now been an instructor. Thank you guys again for supporting the podcast. In case you guys didn't know, I'm really trying to work on growing my social media presence, either on Instagram and on Twitter. So make sure you guys give me a follow over there of at Jason Hill is both handles. It's also in the show description. It's a quick way to link over. This is the best way to also ask me about questions or topics you would like future podcasts on. Also, if you haven't already, make sure you check out the YouTube channel. It has a lot of these topics just in video format. It's just another medium for you guys to check it out. And so that is a good way to also get some jujitsu help. So thank you guys again, and I'll see you guys later. 
longer than I ever been just a pure student. I was only a pure student for like two and a half years. Now I've been an instructor student for almost 11. It's it's a very interesting dynamic. Fast forward now, you know, I got my blue belt. I continue to train through my blue belt and my purple belt. I was really more focused on the teaching aspect versus my own development as a jiu-jitsu as a jiu-jitsu student. Like I said, they're very hard to balance. Um, I feel like I would sway to one side too much and then sway to the other side and keep going back and forth and back and forth. Finally, I started to kind of get a little bit development. Then I started taking more the responsibility of like the gym operations, learning how to handle accounts, getting into marketing, getting into uh, sales of the gym, membership, things like that, I started to also take on as well. So I graduated from just being an instructor to now kind of managing the gym and dealing with uh, uh, students, student services in that way. I have literally kind of walked all these paths in jujitsu. I was a blue belt for roughly around four years, just for timeline purposes. And then I was a purple belt for roughly around three years. I was a brown belt for, I think, a, almost about two, maybe a little less than two years. And then I get my black belt. That's kind of my jujitsu story and my journey kind of of what I went on. There was a lot of problems that occurred at each belt. Looking back now, being a first degree black belt, about that journey, a few things that I kind of would give you guys some advice on if you if you want it, which is a lot of my advice from from this channel in general is, is pulling from my experience. But I understand my experience is not going to be the same as everybody else's. Care less. Okay, so what I mean is that the expectations that you'll put on yourself are usually much higher than what's demanded actually of you. But and by no means do I say take a nonchalant approach, but just care less. Care less about when you get your belt. Care less about how fast you're progressing. Care less about what the other students think of you or like trying to compare yourself to others. Just care about having fun with jujitsu. What was the motivation? What was the reasoning for you to start training jujitsu? For me, it was building my self-confidence, learning these cool, awesome moves and being physically fit. I was accomplishing those things from the first day that I walked in. And I actually never stopped accomplishing them. Those were my th big three goals that I had when I started jujitsu. And I was still continuing to do that. I ask you guys a question. I kind of pose this as a question to students. What if you only achieved the goals that you set out to start with in jujitsu, right? So if your goal was to learn self-defense or become physically fit or build self-confidence or you know, do, do whatever, whatever your goal was. What if you only achieve that, right? What if like you didn't even get a belt? What if there was no other accolation, right? What if you just only showed up and checked those three things off all day? But what happens is that we start upping our goals, which I'm not saying we can't have high goals and we can't have high aspirations, but we also need to go back to the main reason why we started to make sure that we're still fitting into those goals and we're still accomplishing them. We can't just move too far away to these new goals or next goals. I usually always take it back to those things with jujitsu students. Now you can set other goals, obviously. Going back to those original ones are extremely important and I think keep us motivated and keep us understanding that we are progressing. But there's no need to progress fast. There's no need to be Gordon Ryan and be a black belt at five years of being the top. That's a very specific goal that he had and not many people can achieve, which is totally fine. But you can achieve other things. You know what he doesn't have? He doesn't have family. He doesn't have kids. He doesn't have a wife and all these other things, and he doesn't be able to balance all of those things and train jujitsu. I would say that's pretty admirable. If you're a person that has a family, you have two kids, you have a wife, you have a full-time job, work 40 hours a week, and you're a jiu-jitsu blue belt, and you train consistently, to me, you are a master 
and a wizard at time management. You are very awesome at doing those kinds of things. That is nothing to shake your head about. Understanding that the goals and what you're trying to accomplish are two different things. How weird would it be if Gordon Ryan dedicated all of that time to training jujitsu and then was just as good as an average black belt hobbyist? That would be re- that would be crazy, right? That would be like, wow, this guy is really terrible or really inefficient using time, but he's not. He, he dedicates all of that time and that's why he's good. Understanding that there's just two different things is extremely important. I say that for you guys to be very motivational and to try to keep you guys going. So hopefully you guys enjoyed my jujitsu black belt story. I know I didn't really talk too much about the specific belts or the specific journeys um, because that was just kind of balancing training and being an instructor. If you guys have very specific questions about that time frame, please let me know and I can maybe do a separate video of that. But usually kind of the meat and potatoes of a jiu-jitsu story is more in the beginning and what got you motivated in the first couple of years, usually, and how I was able to kind of overcome that initial hump. So I think we accomplished that today. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Stay motivated and keep training. Make sure you guys check out one of these two videos that are going to pop up. Hey guys, real quick before we get into the episode, if you're a struggling jiu-jitsu student that is really looking for some more help and guidance and trying to figure out what you should be training, and the next steps in your jiu-jitsu journey. I have an online program called the Jiu-Jitsu Blueprint for Lifelong Development because ultimately jiu-jitsu is a lifelong process you have interest in or want more information on. Make sure you hit me up at jasonhill.com and I do an interview to make sure that you're a good fit, make sure the program would actually benefit you so that way your time's not wasted and neither is mine. Thank you guys again for supporting the podcast.